Need to get schooled on the latest in the world of college football? This is Chicago's College Tailgate with Black and Abdallah. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Here are your hosts, Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. Welcome into Chicago's College Tailgate here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We are presented by Keeper's Heart, Irish American Whiskey, and Northwestern Athletics. Chris Black along with Tyler Aki this morning. Aki in for Abdallah as we talk college football for the next two hours. And Tyler, the reason we love college football is because of the pageantry and also the rivalries. We have made it to rivalry weekend here in college football. Can you believe we only have two more shows left in this college football season next week championship weekend but today is the big day rivalry weekend around college football it all kind of goes hand in hand too right like the pageantry of the the sport and and the rivalry week and everything leading up to it and all the sort of gimmicks that go on the side leading into (laughs) the big rivalry games i this is one of the best football weekends of the year you've got meaningful nfl games you've got Great college football games, a lot of which could decide some playoff uh, spots as well. So it's it's all like the culmination, and we're at that point now in the season, and I can't believe it. So before we get to the big games today, obviously, we have Michigan and Ohio State. We will preview that game right here on the show. It's the biggest game in the Midwest. It's the biggest game in the country today. Number three at number two, Michigan-Ohio State. We'll cover the game uh, throughout the show today. We have USC-Notre Dame. That is a huge matchup. Notre Dame in the last month starting to rise in the rankings, which could help actually USC if SC can win and then try and make a case for the college football playoff. We also have rivalries that maybe are not as important when it comes to the grand scheme of rankings, but also big deals for those who live in those towns, those cities, those parts of the country. The Iron Bowl is today with Mm -hmm. Auburn and Alabama. Uh, We have rivalry games in almost every single state. You have uh, the Oregon-Oregon State game. There are big games all over the map today, and we're looking forward to it. Week 12 in college football. It's the final week of the regular season, and we have three top 25 matchups today. Before we get to those games today, just take a quick moment to look back at last week. Week uh, 12 in college football as uh, this is week 13. So week 12 last weekend, we saw some good games, especially a good one at the big house, Michigan stadium, Michigan survives against Illinois, Illinois late, a couple of mistakes, a couple of bad calls by the officials. Michigan wins the game 19 to 17. Another game we had our eyes on last weekend heading into, into the day of action was Ohio state on the road at Maryland. It was kind of tight early and then into the third quarter, That's when Ohio State blew it open. In the third, they scored 17 points. The Terps had nothing. Uh, 43-30, to Ohio State wins at Maryland, and then Michigan beats Illinois last weekend. Yeah, that Michigan-Illinois game, super physical game, and it felt like the the officials let them play early on. You saw some some physical plays down the sidelines in terms of pass coverage and all that, and you didn't see a lot of 
pass interference is called early on. But then you see a couple pivotal calls go the Wolverines way down the stretch. And I think Illinois put together a really good fight in that one. It's been fun to watch this Illinois team overachieve this year, especially being in this area as well. You see some of the Illini fans start to pop up. You see a few more Illinois uh, Illinois like sweatshirts and yeah. shirts when you're out at the bars and stuff like that. It's cool. It's cool to see that. It, it's good. And you know, uh, Illini football. They've they've made a couple of trips where they they get to the Rose Bowl. They're like little pop up trips, right? Yes. Like mm-hmm. like they they haven't had sustained success. And I think that's where Brett Bielema and this team. Like hopefully this year is the start of something really good, yeah. where they can battle for the Big Ten West each and every year. We'll we'll get into what's at stake in the Big Ten West as we go along here today, because Iowa last night they get blown out by yeah. Nebraska, which helps the Illini and also Purdue today. So we'll get into that conversation. Also looking back at last weekend, Week Twelve in college football, TCU survives a last second run on the field, get the field goal unit ready to go. They kick the field goal to advance, 29-28. TCU, 11-0, 8-0 in the Big 12. They went on the road last week against Baylor. Uh, this looks like a playoff team, even though uh, each week we have the conversation of maybe suggesting that their resume or the talent, it's not quite there. When you continue to win games the way they have, there is no argument if you are undefeated. TCU, if they continue to win, they will find themselves in the playoff. Well, not just undefeated, but you, you look at the stretch that they went through. Middle of the season, I think we all kind of pinpointed it and said, all right, TCU will knock themselves out at yeah. some point, right? Like there's that stretch, middle of the season, Oklahoma at Kansas versus Oklahoma State. You're like, all right, they'll trip up in one of those three ranked games there and it'll settle itself. We don't have to talk about. And then uh, Kansas State after that too. So four yeah. straight ranked games. You figured they'd knock themselves out at some point in that stretch. They took care of business in all of those. Also beat Texas on the road to another ranked team. And even though Baylor's six and five, I, I think they're a well coached team. That's not an easy game per se. That that's a Baylor team that can certainly upset you, and they almost did last week. So as we look back at week twelve in college football, you know, TCU survives a team that uh it, it was kind of nice to see Rocky Top get slammed the way they did against Spencer Rattler and his six touchdowns for South Carolina. Uh, they win that contest 63-38, to and boy, was that embarrassing for the Vols. I mean, such a great season. They basically were the story of the season for the, the large chunk of of this college football year, the win against Alabama, throwing the goalposts into the river. Uh, they were the darlings of this college football season. But, Tyler, the thing that we always point to is the darlings in September and early October, sometimes that stuff is a little too soon, a little too fast. Mm-hmm. And by the time the, the, we get to the end of the season, uh, we see what a team really is. Tennessee, they're now 9-2. and two. They lose on the road to South Carolina, 63-38. to 38. Now they're eliminated from the conversation of the college football playoff. Many were putting uh, Tennessee ahead of other teams that are going to be in this conversation for the college football playoff. But then when you get blown out the way you did last week, non-competitive, and then Hendon, Hendon Hooker uh, goes out with the torn ACL. So he's out for the rest of the season. Uh, what a bad day last Saturday was for the balls. Probably the most embarrassing loss of the entire season. And, and even if Tennessee had gotten into the playoff, wouldn't it have felt kind of... Oklahoma-ish, right? Like, they're that team that puts up a lot of points, but then you go up against... You'll probably get, like, the four seed if they did find their way into the playoff. 
and they put up a lot of points, but then you'll run into Georgia, and Georgia will just find a way to lock that down. It, it, it felt like, um, I don't want to say gimmicky, but I feel as if we get a team each year that the national media and social media mm-hmm. really gets behind. And yeah. I mean, how, how could you not with Tennessee? The, the explosive offense, just everything about the way they played was was exciting it was and fun, fun. Yeah. and it was mm-hmm. it was and when you get a new team a new situ- situation with an explosive offense with like a traditional power yes, traditional power and like mm-hmm. that is a perfect storm for like all of the hype to be behind Tennessee but clearly their defense is not good enough and we saw that against Georgia and then we also saw you know against South Carolina that because of their defense the moment you get behind, they gave up 21 points in the first quarter. No matter how explosive your offense is, if the defense can't stop anyone, it doesn't right. matter. Exactly. Um, so, so that's where Tennessee loses last week, and now they're out of the national championship conversation. And speaking of that conversation, as we continue to look back at last week's results, LSU chugging along 41-10 to 10 over UAB. All right, so LSU sitting there 9-2. and two. They have a, a conversation to be had about the college football playoff. Get past Texas A&M today. You'll, you're going to play for the SEC championship. If you can beat Georgia, you have a case to get in. And then the late game last week, USC 48-45 to over UCLA. That was the game of the day. Yep. And USC outshoots the Bruins in a classic in the Rose Bowl. Here's the thing. As a USC super fan, they have a terrible defense. We can hype up Caleb Williams for the Heisman, his 470 yards on 32 of 43 passing and two touchdowns. He also can run the football with his legs. You saw Jordan Addison give you 11 receptions for almost 200 yards last week in a touchdown. The offense is explosive. Defensively, they cannot stop anybody. And if you're a Chicago Bears fan, where does that sound familiar? <laughs> it's a team with a fun offense, with a great dynamic quarterback, in the making, right? And they have the ability to score a lot of points, but defensively, they can't do anything. As seen, they win in the end, 48-45, to 45, a big interception of uh, uh, at the end for, for the Trojans to seal the win. But they give up 45 points, which leads me to today where I'm very nervous about this Notre Dame situation because defensively, SC can't stop anyone. I think it's a, it's going to be a really good test today, especially for a team that runs the ball as well as Notre Dame does. Can they shorten the game up and maybe make the game come down to one or two plays towards the end, in which case you're going to have a chance because this is a Marcus Freeman-led defense that started to find its footing a little bit later on in the season. It's good to see this USC-Notre Dame game mean something. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah like it's, it, it's felt very empty the last couple of times that they've played, but this time around when it really means something, I, I'm excited for that game tonight. Okay, so so here here's what I want to ask you. Are you a body language guy? Are you, are you into reading no. the body language on I, the field? I can read it. I don't, I don't read into it, though. Well, the, this has been something all season long with SC, um, and and I know that they talked about it in the game against UCLA. If things aren't going well for Caleb Williams, terrible Ooh, body, body language, language guy. guy. Bad oh, body. okay. Uh, slumped shoulders, shaking of the head, eye rolls, the whole thing. When, mm-hmm. when mistakes are being made, bad body language guy. So, like, just keep that in the back of your head as, as he proceeds. He's a sophomore right now, right? So, like, You'll get another season of Caleb Williams uh, before we look at NFL 
conversations mm-hmm. and, and where he fits as far as going to the next level. Just keep that in the back of your head as he, he goes Noted. for this Heisman. He mm-hmm. is he's very um, self-aware of how great he is and how much pull he has as the quarterback at USC. Uh, he doesn't come from the mold of like uh, supporting his teammates. He mm-hmm. is a me first. I'm the story here. I am going to throw a fit on the field when things aren't going my way. So tonight, if this is a close game and Notre Dame is getting after him and the offense isn't quite clicking the way it has at points this season, watch that. Is that that Lincoln Riley's type? Like, you think about it. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams. He's got a type. Quarterback bad boys on the field when it comes to body language. He's got a type. Mm-hmm. Now, by by all accounts, he he's a he's a good guy, and and so are some of the other quarterbacks that you listed off. It's just you know when when there's a bad play, you don't have to make uh, the tight end or the wide receiver know that they completely messed up, right? right? Like there's yeah. no need for the mm-hmm. shaking of the head or the like. Like you will see during games, Lincoln Riley will go up to him and like have to give him little pep talks to be like, right. yes, keep your head in the yeah. game. Uh, and that, I think it's interesting for a player of his caliber. In the conversation for the Heisman Trophy, 33 touchdowns, three interceptions. He can run the football, multiple rushing touchdowns. He has seven on the season. It's a little surprising to me to see a quarterback who's had that much success. I mean, they come into the the game tonight with one loss. They have a chance to get to college football playoff. Yet, like, you'll see in the first half of games, if things aren't going well, he he doesn't handle it well, right. which is a little surprising, um, but it's something to keep your eyes on. So so there you go. There's the recap of week 12 in college football last week. Here we go. Rivalry week. Today is the day. Uh, week 13, there are three top 25 matchups today on the slate of college football. The biggest game of the day, Michigan and Ohio State. It's an 11 o'clock kickoff today on Fox. We'll preview that game coming up next. Chicago's College Tailgate Show with Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Welcome back to Chicago's College Tailgate with Black and Abdallah. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Black, Tyler Aki, Aki in for Adam Abdallah. It's the final Saturday of the regular season in college football. It's the best time of year. And today we have a huge, huge matchup. The big nooner on Fox, 11 a.m. Central Time, Michigan at Ohio State. The game, number three at number two. Uh, this matchup, not only huge for the rivalry, but also Many implications on the college football playoff, which when we get the results of the new poll on Tuesday, uh, we will see one of these teams removed from the top four. And the question will be, how far down do they get moved based on today's performance? And if there is a situation, could we see a game today that would allow for both of these teams to still make a case at the college football playoff. The way the Big Ten works, Tyler, uh, is this is a conference that has the two uh, divisions still. Many conferences around college football have gone away from this because they know it uh, does not allow for a team that maybe should 
get into the college football playoff to fight for a uh, championship of their conference. Uh, therefore, today is a huge day for the rivalry, but also for implications on getting to the Big Ten championship game and then also getting into the college football playoff. I cannot see a scenario where both these teams get in. I really, I mean, sure, there could be a lot of wacky stuff that goes on, but I don't think that if one of these teams, whichever team loses today, I don't think is going to be worthy of getting in because you look at some of the close calls that some of them have started to play with, too. I mean, Michigan's had a few, especially as of late. You look back to last week against Illinois. Let's say they lose today. That's not a great way to go out, and you don't have the Big Ten title game to try to get your feet back under yourself again. Ohio State had a close call last week against Maryland. They had the close call against Northwestern as well. And again, if they lose this game, you don't have a chance to win the Big Ten title. So you're taking a win, and it would be an impressive win if they were to win the Big Ten title. You're taking that out of the resume, too. Well, and it also, to your point, the the wacky situation, like what could happen... Obviously, the the reason college football is so great is it's hard to predict how this stuff's going to go down, but... How it could happen would be Georgia has to blow out LSU in the SEC championship game. Eliminate any conversation of a two SEC deal. Or LSU loses today. Right, yeah. yeah. So, like, remove a team like that. Mm-hmm. If TCU trips up, mm-hmm. that could be a door that would open. Because TCU, if they lose today, then they lose in a Big 12 championship game. You could say, okay, they're not worthy of the playoff. Uh, USC wins through, right? So then you have... The, the winner of the Big Ten, you have the winner of the Pac-12 and the SEC. And then they would be looking for that third, that fourth team mm-hmm. to kind of make the conversation. And I, I think that's why today is so important, especially for Michigan. Michigan hasn't looked good this year. And, no. I, and I think that's the thing is a lot of this, as far as we shape uh, opinions around these teams, comes down to style points. And and neither team, for, for really, if we're being honestly, uh, you know, Ohio State at the end of a couple of games, has turned it on, uh, and especially like last week against Maryland. But Ohio State hasn't played the way they have in the past, and neither has Michigan. Michigan yeah. has played a lot of close games. And there's some injury uh, news this morning. Uh, Pete Thamel reporting that Blake Corum is planning on playing today uh, for Michigan. So the question there is, we saw the knee get bent, mm-hmm. uh, hyper-extended knee last week against Illinois. How durable, how good will Blake Corum be? If we go back to last year's game, Michigan beat up Ohio State on both lines, offensive and defensive line, and they ran the football well. It was an old-school attack from Jim Harbaugh and that Michigan Wolverine team. So Corum plans to play. On the other side, Thamel is reporting from ESPN. Mayan Williams will be back today uh, for the Buckeyes, and Travion Henderson and Jackson Smith and Jigba are both out. So two offensive weapons not uh, not playing today for the Buckeyes, but a running back, Williams, will be back for the game. So this is going to be an explosive back-and-forth game. Uh, and whether or not Michigan has enough offensive firepower, I think that's where a lot of this game and this conversation is going to go. J.J. McCarthy, you have been up and down all season, mm-hmm. and today's your moment to kind of put your stamp on on this season at least and, and kind of prove those who suggest that you've been, you've been playing – poorly uh, prove them wrong today it's gonna be if they lose this game michigan you're you're gonna have a lot of Cade mcnamara hindsighters want to know what what this season maybe could have been i mean he went out and was a part of the team that beat 
Ohio State last yeah. year and got the team into the playoff, which they've so desperately needed since the the start of the playoff too. But I mean, just to go along with the unimpressiveness of this Michigan season, you look back at even some of these games where they do blow out teams, like the Michigan State game a couple weeks ago, twenty nine to seven, convincing victory. You could not finish drives in that game. I mean, how many field goals did they end up kicking? Well, I think it was five when it was all said and done. Yeah. So there were so many opportunities to really blow that Michigan State team out, and they just couldn't do it. But you brought up the ground game there from last year. I mean, Hassan Haskins was a stud last year. Five touchdowns, almost 170 yards on the ground. Even Blake Corm, he only had six touches and still almost ran for 90 yards last year. And if they don't have him... As a as a feasible player out there that can make a difference, like if that knee is super limited, I don't think Michigan's going to stand much of a chance because I think that even though Michigan is a good defense, they haven't been tested that much. They've played seven of the 35 worst offenses in college football this year. So the defensive numbers may be a little bit inflated. This is going to be the best def- or offense that they're going to face all season long. And... I- if C.J. Stroud, especially at home, can take care of business, I don't think this one's going to be that close. We have a matchup of uh, two top 10 defenses today. Ohio State is 8th in defensive efficiency. Michigan is 10th. Uh, so then, right, you you mentioned C.J. Stroud. Uh, this is your day. This is your moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have talked about the Heisman watch throughout the season here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Uh, before we get to the Heisman watch, which we usually end the show with right before 11 o'clock, I will give you a little hint. Uh, for the first time in weeks, C.J. Stroud is no longer number one on the board in the Heisman watch. Uh, I think mainly it has to do with what we saw in prime time last week in Los Angeles. Uh, Caleb Williams has taken that conversation, mm-hmm. and uh, really there's a lot of hype around the USC quarterback where C.J. Stroud needs a moment, and this could be the moment today yes. against the Michigan defense that's fantastic. And C.J. Stroud to this point this season, he has been fantastic, and, and this is another situation where 35 touchdowns, four interceptions, but Ohio State hasn't looked great in the way that they've played. So if C.J. Stroud could go out today for the Buckeyes and look really good against a defense that's only allowing 11.7 points per game, that could go a long way in the minds of voters as far as trying to decide the Heisman Trophy. And we've also seen with this rivalry, we've seen throughout the years, moments be made in this game. Yes, Charles Woodson, Desmond Howard, we have seen moments where players make a play and you get the Heisman moment from the game and that's why this is the biggest rivalry in college football and then we'll discuss all the different great rivalry games today but really this is the best game in college football michigan ohio state if cj stroud goes out and drops 350 to go along with four touchdowns you can take that mantle right back especially since on the other side you know caleb williams he's going up against a really good defense today in notre dame so if you can, yeah, like you said, the Heisman moment opportunity is here. You don't get a lot of them in the Big Ten, but if you're Ohio State and Michigan, you know this last game of the year, you're going to have a chance to do that. And then if you win this game, you go to the Big Ten championship, you've got a chance to have another one. 
So C.J. Stroud can really put himself in the inside track position here if he does have a good game and helps Ohio State beat Michigan. Earlier this week on Get Up, Joey Galloway and Sam Acho talked about what does Michigan need to do to beat Ohio State? Well, they have to run the ball, number one. Uh, and, and I'm not sure about the health of Blake Corum. I'm not sure Donovan Edwards will be playing. Uh, but they need one of those two guys to play in this game if they're going to have a chance to win. And, and not because they just have to run over the defense of Ohio State, but because their offense comes from their ability to run the ball. J.J. McCarthy... Uh, the play-action passes, all those come because Blake Corm has been so good this year running the football. And if they can't do that, I'm not sure they can win this game. And defensively, they're going to have to try and slow down the number two offense in all-college football. Ohio State averages 46 points per game. That's number two in all-college football. Now, statistically, Michigan's defense is number one in some categories, number two in some categories. But they haven't played a team like Ohio State. They've played teams like UConn, like Hawaii, like Colorado State. That's where it can help buffer those stats. And so you got to – there are also injuries to Ohio State's running backs as well. That's mm-hmm. going to be a big factor. But – we all know it's those receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr., some of those guys. That's who you're going to have to slow down and stop if you want to find a way to win this game. So there you go, Michigan, Ohio State, 11 a.m. on Fox, the big game at the Horseshoe. It should be a fantastic game, the 11 o'clock kick. So it's the Fox Big Nooner today in college football. Can't wait for that one. Other games going on today, rivalry weekend. You, you love to see it. Uh, 2.30, CBS, Auburn, 5 and 6 at Alabama, 9-2, and two, Bama. Not not really playing for anything. How about that? That's great. And Abdullah took the no day off. No wonder he's off. How about that? Shocking. The Iron Bowl. Not playing for anything. Wow. What a novel concept. Uh, so that's going to be a fun game. And also, uh, there's some rumors out there for Auburn in their search for their next head coach, which will probably dominate most of the conversation during this game. Pete Thamel this morning reporting that Auburn has had discussions with Hugh Freeze for weeks about becoming Auburn's next head coach. And there's also conversations that Lane Kiffin and the Auburn rumors have definitely cooled in the last 48 hours as Lane Kiffin plans on staying in Oxford. Uh, That was notable, and it went viral because Lane Kiffin responded to a news report a couple of days ago by tweeting about it. Uh, But then again, here comes Pete Thamel with another report that the Lane Kiffin to Auburn thing was real. So once again, you get Lane Kiffin being a little slimy, a little uh, uh, snake oil salesman lying, even though he's saying that the reporter from two days ago was just totally making it up. And he also, Lane Kiffin went after him in the postgame of the Egg Bowl, too, uh, saying that you can't believe things you see on message boards and chat rooms because that's that's something in, in today's culture is people going in chat rooms like it's uh, dial-up <laughs> AOL. Uh, either way, Iron Bowl today and Auburn looking for their next head coach. Hugh Freeze has done very good things at Liberty, uh, but that would be a big step up for Hugh Freeze. Absolutely, and, and it would get him kind of back into the, the mainstream of coaching, too. He's always been one of those candidates that is rumored when one of these big SEC jobs opens up, and we'll see how he reacclimates himself to, to the SEC because he left, and now he's back. And, and I just think, too, that this is an Auburn program that should be so much better than it is they've been kind of reaching in the low rungs for like brian harson bringing him in that yeah. was I, I never understood that from the start and he was already kind of on his back foot like 
backtracking pretty much his entire time there because I don't think the the people down in Auburn really were bought into the hire. This this is one though that I think Auburn fans will probably get behind, and I think that Hugh Freeze like he's done a really good job at Liberty. He's gone out. It's a tough place to recruit to. It's also a, a a tough place to win. Also, when when for I'm not sure are they in a conference now? For the longest time, they were unaffiliated with the conference. Right. So now you got to schedule games throughout the course of the the season. So that's so that's another tough obstacle that's that's in your way too. And I, I think that the job that he did there was pretty admirable and is deserving of a step up. I don't maybe Auburn's too steep of a step for him right now, but it'll be an interesting watch. Well, I, he had success in the SEC before. Mm-hmm. He was at Ole Miss, right? And yep. and at Ole Miss, he had a ten win season in 2015. They won the the Sugar Bowl. That team was good. He beat uh, Saban twice too. Yeah, and and then 2016 at Ole Miss, five and seven. Uh, scandal also, right? Recruiting scandal and situation there. And then he finds his way at 2019 at Liberty and he's won there. And Tyler, you're right. He has a 10 win season in 2020. Uh, He also has gotten to at least eight wins each and every year. He's been at Liberty all four seasons, including this year. So develop a a quarterback there too. Who gets drafted in the first round. So, I mean, there there's, there's quarterbacks uh, who he is able to recruit. And so that's going to be a story you're going to hear about during the iron Bowl. We'll continue previewing today's rivalry weekend. Notre Dame USC. We'll talk about that one next. More college football talk is right around the corner. Chicago's College Tailgate Show. This is ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000, Chicago's College Tailgate Show. With Black and Abdallah. ESPN 1000, and now on FM at 100.3 HD2. Chicago's home for sports. Tyler, we're talking college football. Tyler Aki in for Adam Abdallah this morning. Black and Aki, it's Chicago's college tailgate. Saturdays in the fall, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. each and every Saturday in the fall. And we're presented by Keeper's Heart, Irish American Whiskey, and Northwestern Athletics. There are three top 25 matchups today. We are discussing the rivalry games. We talked about the Iron Bowl. We talked about Michigan and Ohio State, the big game uh, at the Horseshoe. Uh, later on tonight, the ABC game at 6.30. Notre Dame on the road, number 15, Notre Dame, 8-3 and three on the season. They travel to Los Angeles at the Coliseum to face off against USC, the sixth-ranked team in the country at 10-1. and one. USC has a chance to go 2-0 and oh in the next two weeks, win the Pac-12, and get to the college football playoff. That's in front of them. I've been saying this for weeks, that the season is in front of the Trojans. But Notre Dame has uh, skyrocketed into the polls in the last couple weeks. They've been playing good football. The three losses don't look great, but I think eventually the way we'll reflect back on this season, this first season for Marcus Freeman, is that it was actually a pretty successful year as he was able to turn this team uh, after that tough Marshall loss early in the year that... You know, that they really looked like they were in trouble in South Bend. But really, I think it was a nice season for Notre Dame. And the fact that they played well as of late 
could actually help USC because uh, Notre Dame is actually weaved in and connected to all of these teams that are going to make a case for the college football playoff. Uh, they played Ohio State earlier in the year. Uh, they are playing USC today. There are other teams they that could be... They knocked Clemson out in Clemson, all likelihood. Clemson bought, uh, backed out, right? So, like, Notre Dame is going to be a factor when we look at the conversation when we get to Tuesday. Uh, for USC, you got to survive. Uh, beat Notre Dame today, your biggest rival at the end of the season, get to the Pac-12 championship game, and uh, get to a college football playoff in Lincoln Riley's first year. You know, it's funny you bring up how they've played well of late, and it's like it's actually turned into a nice season for Notre Dame, and it's kind of funny because the same thing I feel like can be said about Brian Kelly at LSU. Like, yeah. rough start, yeah. but it's kind of turned into a nice season as of late. Obviously, Brian Kelly... It's still in the picture for the, the college football playoff. Notre Dame wanted to be there. Not going to get there this year, but I think the way that you kind of finished this season out, a lot of convincing victories, and this could be the real stamp on your season. If you go out there, pick up a win, especially for a defensive-oriented team, doing it against one of the highest-flying offenses in all of college football, one of the more fun offenses really to watch in the last couple of years in the sport, I think that would be a really nice way to kind of close out your season, get to whatever bowl game you're going to get to, and just kind of play spoiler the way that you have throughout the season. Well, it's really uh, two strengths matching up today yes. because uh, what you see with Notre Dame's defense to this point this season, the defense of the Irish only giving up 20 points per game, but the yardage that they're allowing, 317 yards per game, is pretty low. And, and Notre Dame also has a streak of, of not allowing opponents 400 yards total in games this season. They've yet to allow this season an opponent to have over 400 yards, uh, and only four opponents have gone over 200 yards. So the Irish games have been played in defensive struggles, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where you find USC with Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, and the crew in their ability to score points at will and to move the football. And, And a part of what... USC wants to do is they want to get that first first down and you see this with teams like Tennessee you see this with the old Chip Kelly teams uh, you get that first first down and then it's up tempo and it's fast yeah and the objective there is that you catch the defense in a mismatch and they can't get off the field they can't sub out and the offense continues to kind of roll and that's where you see USC using the running game and then the ability of Caleb Williams on the on the ground to be able to run you know, Tyler, uh, as a USC fan, I think this is the best possible situation that I could have asked for sitting here last year at this time. Uh, USC at this time last year was sitting there waiting to, to hire a coach in the next cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Bedlam happens. Lincoln Riley and, and the Sooners get blown out, right? Like it was a bad loss. And then the next day we start to hear rumors that Mike Bone the uh, athletic director at USC had a secret conversation with Lincoln Riley, and then we're, we're doing the trackers of the private planes, yep. and, and all of a sudden, Lincoln Riley's heading out west, and he's the head coach at USC, and he, he just leaves uh, Boomer Sooner Nation uh, with nothing, really. And when you go 10-1 and one in a season, and you get to your final game against your arch rival, and you have an opportunity to actually play for a college football playoff and a championship, Uh, To me, this is all I've been asking for of USC football in all of the years of doing this show and and being on the air here and complaining about the horrific coaching of Clay Helton. 
Uh, this is the exact opposite. Lincoln Riley's teams need work on defense, uh, but you're still in the conversation and 10 and one in your first season getting to the Notre Dame game. You're the favorite today. Uh, win a football game today against your, your rival. Get to the Pac-12 championship game. This is exactly where USC should be in the conversation of college football. When we get to Tuesday, they should always be in the conversation. And this couple of years before they get to the Big Ten, it's going to be the the final kind of um, attempt to like hold up the West because the moment they join the Big Ten, it won't matter anymore because no one's going to knock USC for the the weak conference. Right. Right. So like. Once you get to the Big Ten and you win out, you get to the Big Ten championship game, you won't have to have that resume conversation. This is the final year, but as of late, Oregon State's been pretty good. They might face Oregon in the big, uh, Pac-12 championship game. Uh, they have some games that kind of prop up the, the Pac-12 as maybe not being as bad as it used to be. This has been a very successful season for Lincoln Riley, year one at USC. And, and the one loss coming to Utah, too, I mean, that, I mean, that was an epic game, too. And I, I just look at the way that this USC team, the fact that Lincoln Riley has been able, especially in college, to spin this thing around in not even a full year, right? Like, he went out, he, he had to go out, do all the transfer portal stuff, bring over a bunch of guys from, from Oklahoma with him, including Caleb Williams, the guy that is the reason why this team's been as good as they have been so far this season. Listen, there's defensive issues now. I think the defense is going to get much better moving forward. L.A. is such a hotbed for uh, football talent um, and yeah. the state of California in general. And when this team goes to the Big Ten, when everything sort of gets propped up even bigger, I think that is going to eventually bring the, the defensive talent with it, too. And you're going to see, I think, the, the next five to seven years, it's going to be USC versus Ohio State. Those teams are built very similarly, and I think that you're going to see those two teams be the ones duking it out for Big Ten championships down the road. And, and when you look at like USC's future, too, I mean, they also have the five-star highest player on the board uh, committed for the hot, the hottest quarterback out there, Malachi mm-hmm. Nelson. Yeah, right. he, he's mm-hmm. already committed. He is a much higher graded prospect than Caleb Williams was. Yes. So mm-hmm. like what, what this is is uh, Lincoln Riley used the transfer portal portal to his advantage and has used it. Like and, we talked about all those guys yeah. that like Baker Mayfield was a transfer, Kyler right. Murray transfer, and and so it jump started the program. And now he's getting commits for the 2023 class that the highest profile quarterback on the board who's staying in Los Angeles to stay at USC, which I've talked about a part of the problem that USC has faced in the last five years is DJ Uyunglele. He was from Southern California. He goes to Clemson. Uh, Bryce Young, Southern California, goes to Alabama. Like mm-hmm. quarterbacks were leaving Southern California where it's a hotbed. You're right. Yeah. It's the best recruiting ground in all of college football. And they were leaving, and now Lincoln Riley shows up. He gets all the transfer portal guys. You jumpstart the program, 10-1, and one, and then you invite your commits to the Coliseum tonight against mm-hmm. Notre Dame, and you have a chance to play for a college football playoff. Like This is how it jumpstarts. As you get a guy like Malachi Nelson, the highest-rated quarterback on the board, to stay home to commit to USC. And that's... That's what's really going to take the program to the next level is that you can get all of the players that commit in one season to kind of 
join you through the portal, but really it's going to be the kids that stay home that's really going to make a difference for USC. So as we look at the the day of college football, there's also a ton of other rivalries. College football today, we have the the Oregon-Oregon State game, 230 ABC. Uh, Charlie Bevins is here producing today. He is a what do you call yourself? A, a platypus? platypus? Yeah, you're rooting for both. You're rooting for a nice game and a tie, now, right? This is, is that I, this is or this is when my Oregon State takes priority. A little, be- Ooh, a little okay. beaver action, okay? All right. So Charlie's into the beavers. He's beaved up today. He's got his uh, Oregon State shirt on today. Two thirty. Shout out Homefield. ABC. Yes. Shout out Homefield. Today's uh, the. They were saying on Homefield uh, on social media. Today's the day to wear your Homefield gear. Is, yeah. So shout out to Homefield. Uh, you also have games South Carolina Clemson. That's always a good one. ABC eleven o'clock. Georgia Tech Georgia. That will probably be a bloodbath uh, as far as Georgia taking out Tech. Uh, Georgia is a favorite by 36 points. That's an 11 a.m. Uh, ESPN game. Uh, Utah, Colorado, keep your eyes on that. So uh, if Colorado, one of the worst teams in the Pac-12, I don't think that there could be an upset there, but Utah still has a hope of getting to the Pac-12 championship game based on what ha- happens today with Oregon. Uh, Washington and Washington State tonight, 9.30 ESPN. It's going to be the late night creep. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be the game that everyone's watching well into, uh, what, midnight, 11 uh, yep. or 1 a.m. Uh, so that'll be a good one to keep your eyes on as well as we are here. Rivalry week in college football. And next week is championship weekend. And uh, it's the final show of the, the year for Chicago's college tailgate. Coming up next, we look at the playoff predictor. More college football talk is right around the corner. Chicago's college tailgate show. This is ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Immerse yourself in the world of college football. Now, back to more ESPN 1000 Chicago's College Tailgate Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Tyler Aki, Chicago's College Tailgate, right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We're talking college football all the way up to 11 a.m. The kickoffs around the Midwest, including the game, Michigan-Ohio State. Today should be a fantastic game. Two top five teams facing off. Uh, we're talking college football with you. And, and Tyler, I, I don't know if we need a Bulls rant today for me. No uh, Bulls rant? Well, la- I mean, last week. We, uh, yeah, last week we was, got one. Was rant worthy after the mm-hmm. loss on a Friday night to the Magic? You know, like throughout the week, Monday, Wednesday, they beat Boston, Milwaukee. Things are looking great, right? Until last night, they lose in overtime to the Thunder, 123 to 119. Do you want a little like sub stack and 60 no, here? Come no, on, I'll no, give you I 60. Don't, I don't think it's I'll necessary. I'll give you 60. You week. want 60? I think they are what they are. It, didn't we see last night? This is exactly who this team is. Uh, you, overtime, the only person taking shots is DeMar DeRozan. He has a wide-open Vooch behind him, open for three, but instead he forces up a Chuck 18-footer that clanks off the back yep. of the rim. It, was Zach just standing? I, I thought yep. Zach Levine played a great game, especially in the fourth yep, quarter. fourth quarter was great. And then w- what happened in overtime? It turned into the DeRozan show. They, yeah. they have no ability to... 
when when there's tough position. All right, I'm not getting into this. We'll we'll do yeah, this your sixty life. seconds is I up. Mean, right. It's it's unbelievable what, what we saw last night. They lose to the Thunder, and then also we're keeping our eyes on uh, maybe a report today at some point from an NFL reporter suggesting that Justin Fields won't be a game time decision. I mean, right now questionable for tomorrow's game against the Jets, uh, but I would imagine at some point today. We'll hear from a Schefter or a high-profile uh, reporter what actually will take place with Justin Fields. But right now, questionable, he may play, he might not. If he's healthy, I have no problem playing him. If he's yeah. injured and he's going to get hurt more... Then if he can't yeah. run, if yeah. you're not going to let him run, there's no point in playing him. Right, and if it hurts for him to hand off or, or to throw the football, don't play him. But if he is healthy, he's a tough dude. And he, he, I would like to watch Justin Fields if he's healthy, but otherwise it's going to be a borderline unwatchable game yeah. I saw tomorrow against Jeremy the Jeremy Fowler was reporting that the, that Fields is pushing to play. So he's tough. We'll see. Man. All right. Uh, each week here on Chicago's college tailgate, we look at the playoff predictor, Chicago's college tailgate, the playoff predictor. Sure. It's a guess, but it's as educated of a guess as there can be. Because when it comes to deciding the four teams in the playoff, everything matters. In a game of hypotheticals. Who's in? The playoff predictor presented by Nissan United. It's Black Inaki here, Chicago's college tailgate. Here we go, Tyler. Heading into the final week of the regular season. Georgia's number one in the playoff predictor on ESPN.com. 11-0, they have a 99% chance to make the college football playoff, suggesting that even if they lose in the SEC championship game, they are likely to make the college football playoff. Ohio State is number two with a 96% chance at 11-0. Michigan is third with an 81% chance, also undefeated. And number four, TCU at 11-0, they have a 56% chance. Now the two spots on the outside looking in, the all-important two spots on the outside looking in, Clemson, number five, with a 31% chance, and USC with a 15% chance at six. It's your top six in the playoff predictor on ESPN.com this week. And what I don't understand here is, I mean, by putting Ohio State at a 96% chance, I feel like you're implying there's a 90-something percent chance they beat Michigan. Yes, I, I think what... But then also what, Michigan has an 81% chance. Yeah, I, I think because the way it, it is projecting out how this finishes, right? Mm-hmm. It's projecting that Georgia and Ohio State will be undefeated. I, I think yes. that's what it's mm-hmm. suggesting to us. Both teams will be undefeated in the very end. Both teams winning their conferences. Michigan has a chance, I think, because if they somehow beat Ohio State today, they will be locked. They yes. will immediately mm-hmm. move into that two spot locked. That's and fair. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the difference. Which conference is stronger, the ACC or the Pac-12? Because right now, the playoff predictor is suggesting the ACC is stronger, even though it took a bit of a blow yesterday. Your yeah. heartthrob, Drake May. Listen, you want, if you want him to kick too, like, I, <laughs> I don't know what you want him to do, but you want, you want him to kick too. As North Carolina State beats North Carolina uh, yesterday. Clemson ahead of USC. Both teams win out, and you have a very good chance of getting into the college football yeah. playoff because there should be two openings. There could be two openings. I think I think people are going to continue to doubt TCU yeah. until they're there. So right. there could be two openings in the college football playoff. Yeah, there, there could. Um, I just, yeah, I, I think that Michigan, 
or the loser of today's game certainly is out and, and it's it's done because there's no more chance for you to gain ground. Clemson still has the the ACC title game. USC still has the Pac-12 title game. So there's still games to be had there, whereas Michigan or Ohio State, whoever loses, it's over. Then we get to 7 through 9. The only other teams on the playoff predictor. This is the part of the program where Abdallah would tell us why Alabama at 9-2, and two, sitting 7th with a 12% chance, is worthy of being the number one seed in the college football playoff. Something about... You want to call him? No, we give him a it's call? all right. No? I mean, most people listen to the show, so they know it would be something about daddy and his defense and something about mm. how great, how legendary great the Crimson Tide are. Uh, a little surprising that they're 7 to me. LSU 8 and Tennessee 9. Tennessee... Uh, uh, I don't think has a chance whatsoever. And and LSU, if they win the SEC, they could make a case with a two-loss team. A two-loss team has never gotten into the college football playoff. I would also point out their two losses are against top 25 teams. Yes. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you count that as good losses? You well, count- I, think, I think you take a look at the wins that they have. Because I think if they go out and beat georgia in the sec title game that would have been three top 10 wins to close out the season over a span of what five or six games i think yeah so if you're gonna post that that's me is way more impressive or at least weighs more heavily than the two losses that you have against uh top 25 teams there you go the playoff predictor presented by nissan united chris black tyler aki talking college football with you we have one more hour coming back in two minutes this is Chicago's College Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and now on FM at 100.3 HD2.